Day 215. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so, man, we're still in this section, pretty much the last chapter of this section of the oracles against the nations. And remember last time we were talking about the country or the nation of Egypt and it's a continuation of what's been said judgment oracles here um ezekiel is declaring egypt as the recipient of divine judgment right so remember there were seven nations in the section that were prophesied against and ezekiel is talking about egypt as the seventh nation and he gives seven oracles for the seventh nation and he starts off like this you compare yourself to a lion of the nations but you are like a monster in the seas you thrash about in your rivers churn up the waters with your feet and muddy the rivers this is what the lord god says i will spread my net over you with an with an assembly of many peoples and they will haul you up in my net so again my man is waxing poetic here uh talking about egypt and what he's getting at is this the idea that egypt is self-deceived right so egypt thinks they're a lion you think you are a lion egypt who preys upon all those who are weak as a predator but you are really more like a monster of the sea who will be subject to me and i'm not trying to rhyme in other words god is saying yo i will make you subject to me i will capture you i will subject you this language here echoes the literature of the time where they had many myths of sea monsters being uh, captured by a god and god is saying no no no, i really do this right y'all are more like a monster in the sea that is going to be subject to me and it's just going to show god's sovereignty and power over those who seem to have power god is in the thing we need to remember today is that god is in control of those who seem to be in control right he has power over those who seem to have power and that's man that's just a truth i think we need to hear especially in light of recent events in america uh i'm specifically thinking about you know adam toledo and dante wright who were murdered by police officers and those who seem to have so much power and authority and one of the truths that my heart needs to cling to especially today is the fact that God has power over those in power and that those who unjustly willed it will be judged one day. Ezekiel 33. And so uh, in this chapter, God is going to shift gears. He kind of ends off um, that last section talking about Egypt. He finishes his seven uh, woe oracles against them. And here he's going to talk about Ezekiel as a watchman. So in the ancient world, every city had a lookout right somebody was looking out somebody was a watchman they would sit at high points of the city and would be able to warn the people of the city if pending danger or judgment was headed their way right however the watchman was responsible was held accountable if he failed to warn the people of the danger that was coming ahead and so god is going to take another theme here and apply it to ezekiel he's like yo you're the watchman of my people that and you are called to warn israel my people of the judgment that is to come now what i love about this text is that ezekiel is called to warn the people and the people are called to respond and if they fail to respond it isn't ezekiel's fault right but if he fails to warn them it is 
right so in other words i think this can apply to all of us too as as believers is that um you know psalm 19 would say part of the reason god's word is written is to warn us right of harm and judgment and danger that comes from disobedience to him and it's yeah like that's a <clears throat> way i think we can apply this is that man like our job is simply to be watchmen our job is simply to warn folks right not to twist folks arms to make them respond to god and what he's saying but the former right to just tell people yo this is what god's word says and it's meant to warn you of things that would harm you right we need to be better watchmen we need to open our mouths and speak about the truths and judgment that is coming for those who don't repent and trust christ ezekiel 34 um famous passage and it mentions the shepherds and it mentions god's flock now the shepherds in israel technically wasn't an official office right it wasn't a specific office however it was used more broadly and metaphorically to speak of leaders right and in this context um ezekiel is using it to employ mostly the kings who were unjust and who uh reigned up until the exile and so um you know this shepherd kind of theme was used of people who kind of had sheep and it was spoken of in many ways of the leaders of israel so you think about abraham you think about moses you think about david technically the bible will all call them shepherds right um so broadly here again god is indicting the leaders he'll say this verse four you have not strengthened the weak talking about the leaders healed the sick bandaged the injured brought back the strays or sought the loss instead you have ruled them with violence and cruelty god hates violence and cruelty coming from those on top putting it the putting putting their violence and cruelty on those on the bottom this is what the lord god says verse 10 look i am against the shepherds i will demand my flock from them and prevent them from shepherding the flock the shepherds will no longer feed themselves for i will rescue my flock i will rescue my flock from their mouths so that they would not be food for them in other words god is saying man i'm going to take this metaphor and run with it and say you shepherds have failed to care for my sheep therefore because they are sheep they have been scattered and you being the terrible shepherds you are are unable to gather them back in so therefore judgment is upon you but more importantly i'm going to restore and bring the sheep back into the fold myself this couldn't be a better metaphor for jesus right who uses this imagery over and over john 10 i'm thinking of luke 19 i'm thinking of i'm thinking of uh matthew 25 where he, where he separates the separates the sheep from the goats all these different passages um where he, yeah he uses this metaphor to talk about his ministry and he is the good shepherd of god's people one who cares for god's people one who has compassion on god's people one who protects them from wolves and enemies and one who brings them all into a fold he'll say this god will tie the threads for us here to help us see uh, this future promise that he gives his people when he says, I will establish, I will establish over them one shepherd, right? My servant, David, and he will shepherd them. He will tend them himself and will be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant, David, will be a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken because of God's covenant with his people, the relationship he established with his people the binding oath and agreement that is more than a love relationship but it's not merely a legal relationship um this covenant 
is going to ensure that God sends a shepherd who is actually greater than David that will gather in all of his lost sheep. Think of Jesus saying, I have come to seek and to save the lost, right? If you are listening to this as a Christian, you are one of those sheep, right? You are one of those sheep that have went astray in your own sin, but have been gathered in by the good shepherd, Christ himself, because of the covenant God established with our forefathers and because of the covenant, the new covenant that he establishes with the blood and work of Christ. Chapter 35, the final chapter in this section is seemingly out of place as it goes back to talk about another foreign nation, Edom, right? And we had already talked about them a few chapters ago, but basically God is going to return to him here and say, yo, God's or uh, my judgment is on you, Edom, right? And Edom, if we remember, descended from Esau, right? And they were inhabitants of this area called Mount Seir. Uh, and they actually have, they actually were at odds, right, with Jacob since the womb, right? Since the womb of their mother, Rebecca, they were, they were going at it. And we remember how their lives played out. Jacob and Esau, you know, uh, Jacob uh, tricks Esau at the blessing and the birthright. And then they about to fight and then they come together and they realize they love each other. So they give each other a hug. But uh, over and over and over, um, you know, they have this kind of, uh, yeah, rocky relationship and it, and it continues until the present day. So verse five will say, yo, because you maintain a perpetual hatred and gave the Israelites over to the power of the sword in the time of their disaster, the time of final punishment. Therefore, as I live, this is the declaration of the Lord God. I will destine you for bloodshed and it will pursue you since you did not hate bloodshed. It will pursue you what is he talking about so if you read it in context apparently we see this in other places in the old testament as well apparently edom sat by passively and even supportively as israel went into exile at the hands of babylon right and they were not unable to help god's people they were unwilling right they were unwilling to help god's people and this shows oh man it's so good this shows that god is not just displeased at some of the things we do but he is displeased at some of the things we fail to do as well, right? There are sins of commission, right? Seeing things that I do that are wrong, that's sinful, that God is not pleased with. But then there are sins of omission, right? Things that I neglect, right? God, what God has called us to. Um, and this can result, yeah, in his displeasure. And my prayer today, man, is that we would not, man, that, may it, that it, it would not be said of us is that we give uh, our hearts and minds to so many things, but neglect to do the things God has required of us and called us to do. One of the reasons we read God's word and we study God's word is so we wouldn't neglect the things he would have us to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that um, Jesus is the good shepherd who brings us back into the flock, into the fold. Um, and our sin has taken us far even though our sin has taken us far god uh, you've brought us near by the blood of christ your word says and so god we thank you for that we pray that we wouldn't um just ask what uh should we do uh but we would ask lord uh, what have we neglected to do um, all out of a desire to please you it's in christ's name we pray